And we are live again. Wrestle Purist Worldwide, hosted by the usual three myself, Joe Hulbert, Ibu of Wrestle Purist, better known to some of you guys as Backup Hangman. Uh, gonna do our usual thing, recap the weekend, get into whatever current topics or news or whatever it is that you want us to get into in the live show. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna be talking craps, kicking off the week as usual. Never miss a Monday, Wrestle Purist Worldwide, you know. Uh, but yeah, hope everyone's doing good. First things first, like, subscribe, super chat, any questions, any takes, any opinions, anything like that. We'll get them read out as soon as we can. And uh, yeah, man, let's get started. Uh, Joe Hulbert, what's going on, brother? Man, I feel I feel free. You know? I'm so thrilled to be here without anything really especially we have to talk about. I mean, we'll discuss professional wrestling as usual, of course, but there's not like a, you know, four and a half star match that we have to dissect in an hour and 20 minutes. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thrilled to be here under those circumstances. It's been a while in that sense. And, uh, and yeah, professional wrestling is back. I'm here to discuss the scene in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, we could do a deep dive on Puerto Rican wrestling. Yes. Uh, give us about 15 <laughs> minutes before we get into that, though. Uh, but, yo, Ibu, what's going on? Uh, your name has been in a lot of people's tweets. Last, yeah, uh, last twelve hours or so. It seemed like you had quite an eventful late night space last night. But yeah, man, tell us about it. How was your weekend, man? I had a good weekend. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Uh, it was kind of fucked, but I had a great, beautiful power nap uh, in the afternoon, which helped to uh, help rejuvenate the bones. You know what I mean? But I put I put the time in mind. Yesterday I was uh, I was on Joe's I was on Joe's Twitch channel. I just saw that he's watching Rumble O One and. Listen, me. I, I love me to get in on it, <laughs> Listen, brother. I 2000, 2001 WWF. I'm tag me in. You know what I mean? And uh, and I, I pop back in to watch watch the rumble with the guys. I come in right as they're starting a ladder match with Chris Jericho and a certain other somebody. And uh, listen, man. You know, <laughs> you know. I, I I was like, wow, that was great. And then we're watching the, the men's rumble, and it's just it's just so fun. It's just so fucking fun. And. I'm a piece of shit, Monty. I I love the 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 attitude era shitters. Like I don't know about you, Monty. Steve Blackman's coming out. I'm pumping my fist. <laughs> Perry Saturn's coming out. I'm like, yeah, Bull Buchanan. I'm like, yeah. Bro, you called like ten different wrestlers the big man during that match. <laughs> I, like I'm trying to remember some of them. Like Perry Saturn. I'm like, oh, yeah. let's go. <laughs> The jobbers had character back then, Monty, you know? <laughs> the jobbers had character. Big Show comes in, chokes slams like nine niggas and gets eliminated by Rock. Gets Rock. Oh, it's just awesome. It's an amazing Rumble match. So I had fun with that. That was three hours. And then I did a space afterwards, which I didn't expect to go five hours, but it went five hours, Monty. And he I, does a five-hour space, bro. <laughs> so, so, you know why? It, it wasn't – it just kept – the momentum kept building and people kept joining. And we had, Monty, deep into 5 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, over 300 live listeners. We maintained over 300 for the majority of the space. And it wasn't supposed to go that long, but it just did because people just it just kept rolling. And uh, I checked the timeline, and it's the talk of the entire wrestling timeline on, on, on my side. And what's remarkable about it is um, it starts out with me just kind of having a wrestling debate with Raj Giri because he, he decided that he, his thing was that Edge is a flop in AEW. And so we had a conversation about it. And so, so we have a conversation about this. Uh, he, he said that, that Christian and Edge is a bad storyline. And so I explained why I disagree. And then his argument was that it's a bad storyline because it's not drawing. And then we, I, I kind of told him, like, Raj, the reason why we fundamentally disagree is because you view way too much of this through the, through, the, through the lens of just, like, 
if it's if it's metrically successful, then it's good. And if it's not, then it's bad. And he disagreed. And we had that little conversation. So we had that. Then later on, Montel, Daniel Garcia came in and we gave him some some I gave him some coaching advice about the House of Black. I said, listen, when, when <laughs> coaching from people. <laughs> yo, I unironically, I was like, yo, you know what Brody does. He does that cannonball. You move, nigga. You fucking, you know what I mean? But Malik, don't lock eyes with Malachi Black. All right. He's gonna do that weird mind control thing. You avoid that, you avoid the spin kicks. What you really gotta worry about is Buddy Matthews, you know? So we had that conversation. That was nice. The Wrestling Classic, who's a very iconic uh, wrestling Instagram page, passed by and he had a nice conversation. Um, this person joined Monty, and his name was Pornstar Vani. And I'm a, I just assumed this was some quirky Twitter name. And so I give him the mic because I was letting some guest speakers speak. I let Pornstar Vani on. And then I unfortunately checked his page and found that this was, this was not a, a quirky name. And so I was like, ah! And so I was going to... Here's the thing. I was going to uh, get rid of his mic, Monty, but he ends up charming the entire audience. Like he's like cutting promos and stuff and he's giving life advice and he's teaching people on how to deal with their confidence issues. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? AO joins and, and no joke, Monty, he gets over with everybody, right? People are like, oh my God, put him on worldwide. I was like, that's not happening. But he, Portofani's getting over. He's like, listen, man, you gotta just really, you gotta be yourself, man. Da, 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 da. He's doing all this stuff. And he goes, but then here's what happens. He goes, honestly, man, my uh, my motivator in life, the guy that really um, inspires me is Minister Farrakhan. I'm like, okay, cool, I guess. And But then he goes, yo, honestly, he, he reveals that he's friends with Kanye West. And so I said, okay. And he just explains his dealings with Kanye West. I said, all right. But then when things took a sharp turn was when he started going like, you know who else is my man? R. Kelly. And we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, he, he started, he's like, yo, man, R. Kelly's innocent, honestly. And so Hale took his mic before Russell Pierce got destroyed. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> but the main event was at this point Walker Stewart of New Japan is here, and he's just kind of hanging out, right? Um, Lana joins. Lana was known for at the New Japan show, the second most recent New Japan show. She was the girl that got her her boobs signed by Zack Saber Jr. So she was here to kind of give her play by play perspective on this. Uh, but <laughs> Brooklyn Brawler joined Monty. And we were like, what the f-? And I, I thought it was some fake Brooklyn brawler. I thought it was a guy just kind of like, you know, running the account. But he joins, and we, I hear the voice, and he's like, how's everybody doing? And I'm like, yo, it's the Brooklyn brawler. <laughs> he's like, what's going on? And, and he's, he, he goes like, he starts off, he's like, I hear y'all talking about Japan. I wrestled in the Tokyo Dome. And we're like, holy shit. And at some point, he goes, you know, I worked, I worked this guy. I don't know if you know him. His name is Tenru. And I was like, oh, shit. He tells stories about working Tenryu. He told us about how um, Andre the Giant dented his car by sitting inside of it. And he dented the roof of it. He was talking about driving him around, driving Hulk Hogan around. Uh, he told us about um, being a road agent and discovering John Cena. Uh, he told us about um, working The Rock in his first dark match and, and, and helping him out through that. Um, funny, funny stuff. He told us, he goes, you know, I've been Triple H. And we were like, really? He's like, yeah, I've been Triple H. It was, a, it was a SmackDown match. It was me and Kayentai. You know, we, uh, Jericho came in, does a bulldog, bam, and then there's the lion salt, and I just, we all just jump on top of him, and I got a pinfall on Triple H. <laughs> it's true. Every story he told was, was verifiable, which is hilarious. And he ended this giving us life advice, Monty. He was like, you can do anything you ever want to do. I was just a guy from Brooklyn. You know, and you could be, a, you could fucking be anybody. You could fucking win. You, you want to be a Louis Vuitton? You could be a Louis Vuitton. 
You want to be this guy, you can be that guy. You want to be the your boss's boss, be your boss's boss. So he cussed this promo, and it was just a, it was a magical five hours, Monty, frankly. It's a magical five hours. Sounds like a lot. I'm glad you had a good time. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time. Um, now let's get into some. Let's get to some business. You know, that's what Joe Holbert's here for. Some super chats. Uh, Karan, two hundred rupees. Appreciate it as always. I'm undecided on how I feel on Brian's approach to the Kingston match, acting as if he hadn't lost to him in the. Uh, Continental Classic, still calling him a bum. It's compelling TV, but lacks depth, question mark. Love the match, though. I agree. Mm. I agree. And it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I know it's the version of Dragon that he enjoys being the most, but it's that kind of like switching between babyface and heel. And yeah, I don't know. I, I actually felt the same way, especially because at the end of World's End, or the end of their match at World's End, Moxley and King, Dragon had kind of... Uh, you know, I kind of acknowledge what Eddie had done. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, look, don't be wrong. I'm thrilled to watch him wrestle again. Um, but I didn't. Yeah, it felt a little bit jarring to me. I gotta say. Yeah, it kind of lacks a little creativity. Yeah. Well, cheers. I'm ten dollars. Appreciate you as always. I got to say, it feels like the Wrestling Observer don't like Punk. <laughs> really? He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like he hasn't blown up WWE's locker room, so they got to say he may or may not. Have got Tony to stop the rankings. I mean, yeah, I think that was just Brian Alvarez just talking on the Brian and Vinny show. It's not like it was a, you know, full on report that they put out on the sort or anything. But it, it is, yeah, it is accurate that he was not a proponent of the rankings. He, this is, oh yeah, I think that's. that's it should be thing. noted too that like Brian followed that information by saying that you also thought the ratings sucked. So it's one of those things where you know, <laughs> just like he gets that one. It's that one pot of audio. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. The rankings were very divisive among like just wrestling people in general, right? It's one of those things people feel strongly about one way or the other. I actually and really the, have no strong opinion on them either way, but people the, certainly feel a type of way about them. It's, it's why, Joe, that when they were getting phased out, I didn't have a problem because at the end of the rankings, they were kind of like a bit of a, a farce, you know? Like it was just like yeah. AEW Dark, they were using that to stat pad them. And, um, yeah, they're stat panning them on dark, and they just weren't really adhering to them that much. So it was like, just get rid of them. Who cares, right? But but what we learned was eventually over time, um, the booking just got more loose without some type of thing to adhere to, right? And so I think now is the right time to bring it back, given the direction of the product. And so uh, hopefully we get a really tight, just uh, well-put-together ranking system. So I agree. Yeah, I, I like the movie, but I think it's more about what it symbolizes, you know? It's like part of that kind of this, this start of the year and kind of resetting things getting back to the product people loved with aw so i like the move even if i don't care about the concept necessarily mm-hmm. yeah man darren cage ten dollars appreciate you as always gotta say i'm loving this wrestle purist versus late night green story all of booking thought the angle last night where joe after <laughs> the wrestle purist roster for the green along was well executed where you can put in stuff we, we allow them to use it's like WWE with Evolve you know fuck you fuck you with Evolve comparing me to Sapolsky and you knew it would slightly pop me that was very good I, I, I decided right before I joined Monty that the, the back of Hangman side is NXT and you're Vince in the sense that like uh, there is a pipeline to a degree a loose pipeline 
Uh, but it's not necessarily something that Vince watches or totally gets, but it's like, all right, that's that thing that's there. And uh, hopefully it doesn't cost too much trouble. You know? Yeah. Oh, I did declare on the uh, on my personal page earlier today that the Backup Hangman Twitter spaces are not officially part of the WrestlePurus universe because I can't monitor these things, bro. He does them at like he does them at midnight his time, which is five a.m. for me and Joe. You oh, know, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Someone asked me, Monty, when I announced, it. they're like, "Why don't you do these earlier? Why don't you do them at like seven? And I was like, "Too many fuck niggas are awake." You know, it's like you got to do these at real nigga hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. <laughs> It's real. It's like Adult Swim. You know, the, the good shows come on at midnight. <laughs> is I have married $2. Appreciate you. How large will the fine be for Ibu today? Uh, I've currently got some PIs looking at some uh, some footage, you know, and we're going to come to a conclusion with the committee. It, you know what will make you feel better, Monty, is that anytime, a backup, anytime there's a backup payment side that uh, – has any potential cancelable or controversial content, I just delete it afterwards. It's a great option. I do the space in the moment. I'm like, oh boy. And then like it finishes, I just get the, get that shit out of there. I would have deleted last night if Brooklyn Brawler wasn't there. You know, but people need to hear that. So people need to hear that. <laughs> they they need to, you need to hear that genuinely. Yeah. Man's fan eight four one ninety nine appreciate it. Cope chain wrestling Suzuki gonna be wild scenes. Yeah, oh, it's it's wild wild. There's many wild layers to that one. Uh, Vane for not. Oh my Biggie god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Biggie Boo, I'm here, homie. Send me a link so we can make some fire content for emoji. Not happening. Uh, an actual quote, Monty was I when this person spoke. I said, Vani, are you a wrestling fan?" He was like, "Nah, but I wrestle women." And I was just like, "Okay." And your rag forty rupees. Appreciate you. Dragon came and the vibe of collision change. Goat. Push 199, appreciate it. Y'all think Taker versus Angle 2006, no way out a top 10 WWE match? No, but it's very good. Yeah, it's a great match. I reviewed it recently. Top 10 is, that's very lofty. I don't know. That's tough. Joe, they have a match on SmackDown in 03 that's almost as good that nobody talks about. It, 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 it's me and Mark Biker Taker versus Kurt Angle. And they, they absolutely tear it up. I think I gave it four and a quarter when I watched it. you talking it. about Old Booger Red? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, big evil, big. He came out. You done it now. You're going big evil. The, the winner of the match, Joe. I'm pretty sure the winner of the match got to face Brock in the Iron Man match. I think that was the setup to the Iron Man match. Mm. It's excellent. Azura Heart 499. Appreciate you as always. What would you What would you all like to see the company do with Darby Allen in the wake of Sting's retirement? It's a hard uh, question. question. Um, I think he needs to be in that world title scene, honestly. Um, he's a great candidate for one of those transitional reigns you give a guy, you know? To me, anyway. Did they ever properly conclude Swerve and Darby? That was my... A couple months ago, and, like, the the time's passed now because they're doing other things, and Revolution is the Sting retirement show, but a while back, my suggestion was that Darby takes it from Joe, and then you go back to... And Swerve wins it from Darby because then he's beating a baby face, you know? Because he is saying that's like that's the kind of thing you can go back to over and over again with Swerve and Darby. So that's what I'm yeah. noticing about Swerve also is uh, his top rivals have this dynamic that I I don't really get tired of seeing, which is a really good thing, you know. Like because um AEW doesn't really do rematches a lot, but like you know rematches have a negative connotation, but like with the right guys, like you 
you, ideally you want to have a dynamic where people just want to see it over and over again. That's why I, we don't get sick of rock in Austin. So, you know, I, I, I'm not tired of hangman swerve yet. And uh, I'd love to see more hangman and uh, swerve and Darby. That could be the, that could be a title program this year, right? Over the summer, especially that could be, uh, that could be something they go to, I think. Absolutely. Push 499. Appreciate you as always. Saw the Drew report, but the way his character, but with the way his character is and how important he is on WWE TV, makes me believe he is resigned and will use his contract as a work. I mean, the the latest Drew McIntyre report from PW Insider was basically that there's no update. <laughs> like it's still saying like he still hasn't resigned the contract. Um, there's still time for him to do it. Um, his contract's up after Mania. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems like there's been no movement when PW Insider has been asking around. So we'll see. We'll see. I am inclined to believe that he's probably staying, to be honest. But yeah, me too. That's how these things play out, man. Obviously, it's a, it's a big money contract. It's Drew McIntyre we're talking about, you know. So anything could happen. But yeah, man, not really much movement on the Drew McIntyre front uh, as far as reports go, anywhere. Right, so uh Hush one ninety nine, appreciate you. Uh if not Drew Galloway stock is so insanely high. Um Yes. They are this is like the most interesting and over and hot he's been maybe maybe in his entire WWE return run, surprisingly. I, I, like there's there's more creative attention being devoted to him right now than there there ever has been. And this is the most multidimensional his character has ever been in his entire career. And so between that and just the amount of time he gets, he's essentially become the main character of Monday Night Raw. He's the truth teller that has something to say about every major program. And he's opened the previous two shows going head to head with CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. And the Rumble is, he's like out of nowhere become like the heart of the Royal Rumble match. So um, I'll let you put two and two together and do the math on on WWE doing that for a guy on an on a, on a, on a, Sorry, on an expiring deal. Yeah, like I said, inclined to believe he is probably the same, but you know, big star, it's wrestling. You know, Darren Walker, five pounds, appreciate you, appreciate you as always. Can we add the Brooklyn Brawler to future WrestlePure's interviews list with Jesse Ventura, Bill Apton, and Court Bauer? Jesse Ventura, I don't know about that one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> really that's the one that's the one i want to do of that list yeah. <laughs> oh my god joe and monty this may pop you guys i i asked this guy i was like can you recite any of your saturday night's main event beginning promos from verbatim off the top of your head and he's like, oh i got all of them off the top of my head he's just one he, he, he was like terry taylor da, 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 this whole thing. And he's like and i'll beat you in a new york minute and he did the exact voice and i was just like my god what beast <laughs> Yeah, everybody if he wants to wrestle, if he wants to uh, not wrestle, if he wants to interview, yeah, can wrestle if he wants. That'd be pretty funny, to be honest. Monty, I got so many DMs as he was doing this. Like Rob's, Rob and Ao were like, "Tell him to get, get him on worldwide. This is amazing." Did you watch ball. the? Uh, did you watch the match with Tamaru? Because I saw someone posted the link. Yeah, a, a lot of people found the link. I didn't get to see it yet, but uh, yeah. Rob was telling me he said we gotta have a, a Brooklyn Brawler night on Discord now. Yo, yo, you know what was funny, Monty? He was telling a story. The chat, our chats were killing me because he's going like, I saw this kid in LA called the Prototype. He had a he had a mohawk and he's a big kid. 
And I said, can, can you promo? And I shot him. I, I filmed him. I said, Vince. And he asked, like, what's your name? He was like, John Cena. And I went to Vince. I said, yo, Vince, this kid John Cena can promo, man. You got to watch this. <laughs> and Vince tells me, okay, get, him, get him on TV against the angle tonight. And that's what happened. And then Cena came on TV. And like, it was like, this is some fire old man cap. Anyways, your friend's back. You move on again, 499. I appreciate you, though. Boo, what up? Your partner told me to roll through for the show. Like I said, I don't know about no wrestling, but I can tell your audience how to slang that hammer. Send me the link. No. 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 (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> Velvet Walker, 499. Appreciate you. Hello, Joe. Ibu told me you were looking for my skin regime. Already <laughs> looking great, in my opinion, but let's chat and I can give you my entire routine. You know, I uh, it's best discussed off the air, but I was personally hurt by Ibu's choice to, to do a show with, with Young Walker, who I respect greatly. But I feel like when we try and go over the Joe Holbert brand, the worst thing you could do is, you know, work with a replica. But I, I was gaslighting him, Monty, and I was like, how do you feel about chasing Okada out of New Japan Pro Wrestling? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, this is the first time I'm finding out this information. <laughs> he seems like such a nice dude, genuinely. We do yeah. actually have to get him on a show, like legitimately. He seems awesome. We're being total dicks to him. We're like, yeah, man, you chased him. Well, you chased Oscar. And he's like, I mean, I just got here. I don't, I don't, what did I do? Yeah. Masson eighty four one ninety nine. Appreciate yeah. Sikis Derby bumping AEW so far. Um, oh, there's a few man. Uh, the one when the Joe when they were crowd brawling going up the steps and Joe like just literally picked him up and dumped <laughs> dumped him down on the steps. That was uh, <laughs> that one was horrifying. That one's up there. I think there's, there's a bunch. Yeah, there's a, there's one every match really where he does something where you like yikes, you know. It's, it's never even, normally, it's not even like the ones where he does like a big stunt, you know. Uh, it'll be just like the way that you'll bump on something, you know. Yeah. It's like when you, you know, when he, you remember when like he missed the coffin drop against Cody on the apron and he like fully just caught the corner of the apron. Like it just, yeah. Um, yeah. When he thrown down the stairs, but I think it was Ethan Page and Scorpio Skull when he. It um, was, yeah. And the chat's right to. Uh... They're bringing up the Wrestle Dream one with Christian, which was disgusting. That's probably the actual. Yeah, that's probably the one seed. Take the cake, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, it's because it was on the corner. And oh. it's just how he landed. Yeah, he was. That was brutal. Um, Hush one ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. Who does the first AEW reference? Punk or Cody? Cody. Cody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'll man. be. It will be one of those things where he'll, in his mind, it will be subtle, and it will be like. Good lord, that would be the reaction across across every fan who's aware of what he's doing. Like, come on, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Surprisingly, you know what the engagement accounts didn't jump on uh, uh, Joe. Drew referenced AEW last week. He was talking to Cody and he was talking about Punk and he was basically saying that like, you know, he didn't fuck with Cody or Phil, but like he's at least Cody. Like, he, he said something like, like at least you're like a, in sheep's clothing or some shit. But he was he went, look, man, you, you know him. We both know him from back in the day on the road. You worked with him recently and you, you saw it went there. And then he just said a super passing and just kept going. And I was like, hey, he's referenced AEW right there. He just, just was kind of like, Drew got a good promo last week, man. Yeah. Good promo. He's, he's pretty good, mm-hmm. I have to say. You know. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get into keep the Super Chats coming. We'll get to them in like 10 minutes or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll take regular breaks to get them read out. So, yeah, get the questions in. Any takes in. Anyone who wants to do bits. 
you know. We get a lot of that in the Resipuris live chat. You know, if you want to think of a new gimmick or character, you know, if you send us money, you'll get read out, brother. You know? um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about the weekend, man. Let's actually talk about some... Let's actually talk about the weekend, what we're meant to be doing. Uh, all right, SmackDown. Where do we want to start with SmackDown? I liked how it ended. That's <laughs> just why I saw we should start there. <laughs> Randy Orton, you know. When's the last time someone came off like that, you know? Smoke Solo Sokoa in like five minutes. <laughs> That's one of the... Them, them, them electing to make Solo Sokoa Randy, like... They, they saw that matchup and went, we don't want to see half of this just as much as you don't. So uh, no nerve holds, no headlocks, no nothing. Uh, True. It'll, it'll be some commercial break heat, and Randy's just going to do all his moves and win. And uh, the, the finish itself was like... Hilarious. Incredibly funny, because... Solo, they were doing this thing where Solo had like a sneak attack on Randy, <laughs> and the crowd was reacting how you want the crowd reacting, then, which is like the gasp, right? Like he's behind you, that kind of deal. And he turned Randy, and Randy just arcoded him. <laughs> he didn't like, yeah. like, he didn't like duck the spike. He didn't block the spike. He just looked at it and went, "Why well, just arcode you instead?" I need you to do the pose Solo was doing when he was waiting behind Randy, like with the arm and the, and the thumb. No, no, wasn't he cocking it back too? Wasn't he like winding? Was I, thought, I thought he was doing the, the shake one he does now. Oh, which oh, I, thought, me. I remember being like, you he, may have been like, back here. Yeah. You know how Kane like always held his hand back with the hand off of the toe slam? Kane like, used to like turn his hand too, remember? <laughs> like, he was, like he was sort of luring someone in. You know? Yeah, Randy, Randy just turned around RKO's. And, and then from what I remember, because it's been a couple days now, and my God, my, you know, I'm, my old age it gets tough, but Randy just RKO. I remember him RKOing like everybody and just looking beast to end yeah. the show. I Do we think much. like we love Randy, but like, is it fair to say there are some concerns about the gas tank because he's a uh, you know there's been some smoke I, mirrors. I have a theory. He's, he's you know what it is, bro. I'll let you get to his theory. But genuinely, I just think at this point, bro, like, he's so over and like. Yeah, I'm fine. He's got the, he's, yeah. he's got the, if anyone's got the IQ to like get away with doing as little as possible, it's the man yeah. we're talking about, you know? So, yeah. And you're throwing how over he is, probably he's the, he is the most over he's ever been as a baby face in terms of crowds just loving to see him. Um, I, I think it'll be fine, but I, I think it's a fair, it's a fair thing to notice. <laughs> he ain't exactly, you know, he, I ain't exactly, fr- I ain't exactly booking him for an Ironman match in his own show, <laughs> no. you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got enough fourteen-minute TV matches for a lifetime, and and more. So I'm not worried about it. I just it is noticeable to me personally. What was your theory, Abu? I'm intrigued. My theory is that this is—he's just finally under the juris, jurisdiction of Paul Heyman. And Paul, as we know, what did what did Psycho Sid look like under Paul Heyman? He did three-minute matches where he just did choke slams, pumped his fists into power bombs, and got the fuck up out of there. And you popped for it, and he fist bumped you on the way out. You know, he we saw what he did with Rhino and 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 and, and Sandman. I, I to me, this feels like Randy threw a Heyman filter, which is literally power slam, DDT, RKO. That's all you need. That's all you really wanted. You're gonna get what you wanted without the the fat. It's fat-free Randy Orton. What's funny to me, Monty, is in that opening segment, they do a contract signing. And, Joe, he's pulling a Larry Zbysko on Nitro where, like, do you remember on those, those Nitro intros when the commentary was talking to the screen? And, like, mm-hmm. the crowd behind him is chanting Larry. So he just 
So Larry Zbysko would just turn around and be like, yeah, hey, hey. So <laughs> during this segment, Joe, like AJ and like Knight are arguing and the crowd is just chanting Randy. So Randy's like, fuck this segment. He just turns around. He's away from the hard cam. And he's just kind of putting his hands up like, yeah, uh, uh, Randy Orton. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's so over right now, man. Oh, it's incredible. It is incredible. But it should be. I mean, you both, I think, I can't remember which of you said it, but it was like, they put they put an ad break in a five-minute match, which is fucking incredible. <laughs> they don't. They themselves don't want to see Solo do the nerve hold match, you know? Um <laughs> Funny enough, that's obviously the big takeaway of the SmackDown show, but it's funny. The, la- the latest shows, my, 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 the stuff that I get into is like the Mark shit, you know, the stuff that y'all yeah, always there's, like, there's, there's quite a few. There's quite a few warlords, but uh, there's a Lucha Six man that I had. Some I there's a few things. Man, we'll, we'll definitely got to touch on pretty strong style as well. But uh, just one last thing, I guess, on the kind of the main event thing. I think that no, like, in terms of building the main event, I think they've done really well in terms of like. The way yeah. that they, you know, like Ibu mentioned earlier, like the inner arguing between AJ Styles and, um, fuck. <laughs> and LA Knight? Uh, yeah, that's the one. AJ Styles and LA Knight. And the way that Solo Sokoa, like, you know, if you're going to do a DQ, at least do it in a way that can kind of, you know, you can get something out of it. Solo Sokoa kind of derailing that match, calling Randy Orton out there and then, and just making Randy Orton look like fucking a million dollars. <laughs> he came off so well all throughout that episode. Look, he was the last baby face to come out out of the three challengers. Uh, clearly the biggest deal in the ring, as Ibu just mentioned as well. Then obviously ending the show with <laughs> smoking solo to in five minutes. RKO, RKOing everyone. <laughs> Getting jumped by Roman Reigns and RKOing him standing above him as it goes off you know like he um he's the man bro he's the man yeah. like he, he he can fit he's someone who can genuinely feel like the like the coolest wrestler in the world in a ring with roman reigns you know there's not many people which, who can which, do that which is staggering what i've noticed isn't not that he's not still not still like very over but um he has absolutely taken some of the the wind out of the sails of la night it's it's kind of unfortunate yeah is what it is isn't it it's like <laughs> the connection with randy is so deep and like yeah, it's just very hard to to because I think LA Knight's performance. Is, in any... <laughs> no, this... I'm saying like my one again is we've discussed LA Knight's performances. I think have actually improved post yes. the Roman match because I think he's more confident. Yeah, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. It's just the audience they like saying LA Knight's catchphrases, but they like they love Randy Orton. You know, they have a lot of memories of watching that dude rest for the last 20 years and he's back. It's like, you can't compete with that, bro. That's impossible. And, and the crazy thing about it, Joe, yeah. it, it's it's Randy Orton, a legacy WWE superstar in front of the WWE audience, under competent creative for like the first time in years. Yeah. You know, which is, it goes a long way. I, I actually asked about that, right? Because, you know, Randy Orton was Paul Levesque's recruit in Evolution, you know, and he did, Hunter did believe in Randy and, 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 and Batista. And so he does take this weird extra personal pride for hilariously in, in how Randy does now. And when I was just asking about that stuff, like apparently like Hunter will just say things to him and grill about like, you're one of the best ever. You're just, you're, you're just one of the greatest. Like this is, this is your moment to just like solidify that, you know, like you're, you're literally one of the best I've ever seen and this and that. So he, he psychs him up like that. Like they dab each other up. It, it, it's like two boys, you know, uh, so, there you go. There you go. He calls him big man, yeah. apparently. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as LA Knight goes, um, I hilariously blanked out on his name earlier. But here's the thing. Look, you got Randy Orton, 
obviously AJ Styles is back and he's you know you're trying to kind of like get him really back in the mix again. So it's like you know as as more names come in, the top you know your higher names yeah. do kind of move down a bit. That's just kind of how it is. Things get reshuffled then. Uh, at least LA Knight's still like in the mix. You know, yeah, like he's yeah. in he's in this Royal Rumble main event. Like he's still got the eyes on him. Like yeah, he doesn't come off nearly as cool as Randy Orton when Randy Orton walks out there. But it's like fucking Roman Reigns don't either. So it's yeah, you know, and it's, it's leveling um, out really nicely for them to get to the match that even mentioned a couple months ago of him and and Logan, right? Like it's leveling yeah. out in a way where him getting the US belt will be like that'll be that'll be really cool and that'll fit. So yes, it's fine. I mean, it's inevitable, really. The way that dude was over for a while, there was. Kind of ridiculous. It would be being real. It was an outrageous run. Uh, yeah, big fan though. I am absolutely. I am a believer. And uh, yeah, man. AJ Styles has been looking good as well, man. AJ Styles has been looking good. Um, not a fan of the not 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 the biggest fan of the gear, you know. But his in ring performances have been they've been good, man. They've been good. Better than better than they were when he just before we left, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, are they teasing a Carl Anderson AJ Styles match? That was hilarious. Like, yeah, they're booking the Tokyo in. Dome for. Apparently, they're booking the Tokyo Dome for it. That's what did I you heard. did you catch this backstage bit, Joe? Did, of course I did. I watched it ten times, bro. Of course I'm ready. <laughs> bro, like they're doing this weird thing where, like, you know, like I haven't even seen it. <laughs> yeah, right. Mia me, me is like the character who's just kind of like she wants the family to be together. Gals is he's also just like, what's going on, man? Like, you know, like Alan, like you're not returning the calls. And and Carl Anderson's vibe is all like, no, if he wants to be a bitch, let him be a bitch. You know, and uh they had just they had just like stare down, like it was really tense, and AJ's looking at Carl and Carl's just like, what? What? And they're like, gonna actually get a TV match, which is gonna be very funny. Uh, very, very funny. Yo, here's the thing about it. If it goes like 12, it'll oh. be the it'll be the best AJ Styles match in like three years. <laughs> I'm seeing three and three quarters, brother. And, and here's the thing: Hunter likes to do those mini TV programs. Give me that. Give me one live promo to build it up, because Carl Anderson's gonna make this thing feel like a pay rematch. He'll be like, "All those years traveling the roads in Japan, Sapporo, Shibuya. You want to throw that away, Alan? Want to throw that away for this title? It's gonna be great." Are they running Greensboro anytime soon? Because remember the Finn match was in North Carolina and it was like <laughs> an incredible piece of it was that was a hilarious moment. We need to be back in North Carolina for this one. That's where Cole does singles matches, bro. They're gonna throw chops, Joe. They're just gonna do chops on each other. Just... Arm drag, hip toss, drop down tackle, you know the deal. I see it. Well well work stuff, you know. Oh so solid high level pros, solid work, you know. Uh, but what about yeah, what else did you want to get into on SmackDown, man? Do you want to start with British Strong Style or before I get to that, LWO, to... Legado, where, where do you want to go with this? Mellow, I know you wanted to talk about that. Well, the only thing I had to say on Mellow is just that um, it, it's a, it's a, it's just a night. What what became apparent to me watching it was like, you know, whether you buy the Mellow act or not, uh, I, I think that it, it's just nice nice to have that injection of like youth on the show, and it was like people talk about youth and this and that, and like even though WWE's roster is very old, quietly. It, it doesn't really, it's not super noticeable overtly when you watch the show. Like, you know, like, it's, it's not that you Google it. Oh, this guy's 38. That guy's 37. Like, Xavier Woods, 37. Like, you don't think about that actively, you know, for example. Um, but nevertheless, Melo's on, and it's just, he's just kind of, he has a certain vibe to him. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a different, this is just a different type of cat on the show right now. And then, like, it kind of, like, accentuated theory in a way, because he comes out, too, and they just look like douchey college jocks, like, 
in an argument. Like it, felt, it looks like it, it literally looked like two college athletes, like having an argument or something. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of got a kick out of that. And I think his presence is welcome on SmackDown and I think he's going to do well. He's, he's already doing better than I expected, which is, uh, which is cool. Uh, regarding the LWO six person, uh, it's just, it's just good vibes, man. You know, it's, it's just Lucha mm. Libre, you know, this dude's doing Rana's and shit. Yeah, like, just, sometimes you want to just see like some, some grown Mexican men doing some Rana's for like 10 minutes, you know, like, I don't know. But what, what was interesting is like, I can't remember the last time I watched that many, like, um, Mexican wrestlers in, in, in a multi-person tag and none of them had masks, which is just like something I just noticed. I was like, no one here has masks. It's interesting. Uh, but Raul Mendoza is still fun. Joaquin Wild is very underrated, quietly. Um, even though he kind of comes off like a geek, but he, he's a good wrestler. Uh, funny enough, Carlito's the worst wrestler in this match, but like he had the most, re- he had the biggest reaction to when he tagged in. Like they were building two, as a two segment match, they're building the Carlito's hot tag. And I'm like, <laughs> you're doing a hot tag of a guy who does the least like impressive stuff in a the match. These guys are doing like, Carlito, no. <laughs> Yes, you kind of have to do that to protect him, really, right? You kind of have to. But, like, think about this, Joe. Like, they're doing, like, Ranas and springboard moves and dives and, like, Michinoku drivers. All the time to a guy who goes, like, punch, punch, shoulder tackle. (laughs) Close line. (laughs) Close line. And then he does, like, the, uh, the, uh, what's that move where, like, you pick him up and you drop them, like, their crotch on your knee. The the Brett does it. He does that and shit. And he's just like, come on. And they're like, Carlito. And I'm like, this is, oh, my God. Sanders is playing like a, like a chicken shit heel when he gets in because they, they do the thing where like the heel is in and then the guy who's been avoiding tags in and it's like, oh shit, Carlito's going to get Santos. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, but but no, nah, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. Yeah, man. It was, it was, it was, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, doing I nice. thought, I did think of Pete Dunne, who is now back to being Pete Dunne officially. Mm-hmm. Got his name back. Uh, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bay, they've they've been looking good, brother. They've been looking good. Let me tell he was you. very over, is what I took notice of. When the Brummies come out, the people know, you know, <laughs> the people, the people know, the people respond. People appreciate when someone gets in touch with their Birmingham roots. You get me? Mm-hmm. So sharp, Pete Dunne. Keep making us proud, bro. You saw how sharp he looked in there, much. He's almost confident. He was. It's weird. <laughs> he got his name back, and they're calling him the Bruiserweight. He was like so confident in there, like he's doing his stiff stuff, and he's like, he's doing this like Samoa Joe walk after the move. I'm like, yeah, who is crowd, he was a crowd man. Like, you just touched on, bro. Like, he, like Joe, Joe over wants to die. It's hilarious because like we've we we've had like super chats and shit about it. Like, yo, Pete Dunn getting his name back, and we're like, yeah, man, good for him. But like, people have been losing their minds, bro. Like, people have been like, oh my god, people genuinely, it's happening, bro. Like, <laughs> people are fired up about it, which is cool to see, man. It's Cool to see I, when I, I wrestling feel... fans get excited about something. So yeah, feel... that 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 translated to the live crowd as well. So yeah, I, I how can... Pete don't feel himself, you know. Pete, Pete don't got a huge a huge pep talk backstage, and he was told he was told by Regal, he was told by Hunter, yo, this is your fucking moment. This is the, your best chance to get a big time push right now. This will be the year where where this can happen. You absolutely will get the opportunity to be a person that can potentially channel cha- challenge. This is their words apparently. For a world title, Monty. Wow. Yeah, and so they talked him up like that, and they were like, "Listen, you were a bad motherfucker, all right? So you you do your thing, and let's see how over this gets. Good luck." What does Roman Reigns versus Pete Dunne look like? You reckon? So that's not gonna happen. He's gonna like. <laughs> Could you imagine that match? 
It'd be kind of. I, I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. Actually, it's like a, it's like one of those like weird ones, right? Because I don't wrestle with the same promotion. Yeah. Well, yes, but the thing is, uh, the Roman. I don't know why I think of this. The Roman Balor matches rock. So yeah, I think it'd be good. I no, I'm thrilled. For, like honestly, like jokes aside, I'm thrilled for Pete. Like the Butch thing was unfortunate. I mean, outrageous. Yeah. What, what um, they're gonna do is they're gonna they're gonna move Pete over to Raw after the draft, and he will absolutely get a, a shot at winning that Seth belt. Well, that brand's better for him too because, and this is saying that's kind of a like a baked in trend with the with the extra hour, he, his matches will be able to be longer, right? On on Raw, so that'll be beneficial. Matches, yeah. He, I don't yeah. know if you Joe. He tweeted, he just straight up tweeted a picture of him facing off of Walter. I saw that, yeah, and that's that dynamic will easily translate to the main roster, you know, because that's just that's an, that in ring is like natural for them too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I honestly, it's great for him. I, I didn't know, I didn't think it would get the reaction it did, which is awesome. Bruiserweight chance and shit. I was like, okay, good for him. I, if it was me, Monty, you know what I think? I would, uh, I would industry plan, I would absolutely steal like some type of four pillars label type of deal. And I'd do it where it's like the four pillars of European wrestlers or some bullshit like that. Where what I would do is I'd label him, Tyler Bate, Ely Dragonov, and Gunther as like whatever phrasing you want to use, like they're the. <laughs> The four pillars of British whatever the fuck. Gunter, look, man, respect to that whole squad, but, you know, Gunter's in a different, he's in a different bracket. He is a, right. I, I feel he's not still. Even Familiar, though. Even Familiar is a different strategy. Mate, I think Gunter is one of the best wrestlers they've ever employed. So, I agree. <laughs> yeah, like, with respect to Ilya, who's great, and Pete, and they're all very, very talented, but Gunter is, yeah, he's different. Joe, Joe said, "Listen, these kids can make some threes, and they, you know, they make have some nice highlights. But you know, this this is a guy MVP candidate. dropping classic albums. Yeah, it's different, bro. It's different. Gunther is Jokic, Joe. He's and again, this is more about Gunther than the other guys. It's not a knock on it. It's just that dude's special. So, because yeah, I think the other guys are all very good. So. Absolutely, yeah. Um. Okay, so that was SmackDown, I guess. Uh, Logan yep. Paul was on the show during Noah's quarter with Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, Logan Paul, legitimate draw, bro. I know it kind of sounds obvious from the outside looking in, but so many times, I was just saying to Joe and Ibu before the show, so many times we have like celebrities come in or, you know, uh, a big name from another sport or whatever the fuck it is. And it's like, yeah, and I might get a little bump for the first week or something, and then it just mm-hmm. becomes nothing. Uh, Ronda, Ronda's a really recent example of that, you know, like her second run. It's like, towards the end, she weren't doing nothing for the ratings, so... And that's Ronda Rousey, so say what you want about wrestling. That's a huge name, you know? Sure. <laughs> Logan Paul, consistent... I know he's not in... I know he's not there every week, and obviously it's by design, but when he's there, it's a big deal, and it's meant to draw a quarter, but it does, so... It's it's pretty funny how like good KO is at coming off just genuine even like like in any situation, and and in this segment the one thing that just stood out to me was just that like he like did you catch the line Monty where he said like there's a lot of things that I I would like to say to you that I'm not allowed to say to you and I was like oh my god because <laughs> there are a lot of things that I I am not allowed to say to you so uh, look you got it man <laughs> he's yeah. just terrific isn't he what. What an absolutely incredible pro wrestler he is. Seriously, Kevin Owens all time, is like all time. Yeah, man. People, we all need to do a better job of appreciating him because I don't know how much longer his body's going to be able to do it. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> he's that, special. I know you don't see a lot of the segments, but the funniest thing that Kevin Owens does—that like it's technically unprofessional, but it's just hilarious because it's him—is he doesn't do the WWE thing of like 
if he's not engaged with a promo segment, he will not fake it. And, and and beyond that, he won't sell for, like, a line that's supposed to be a dramatic line. Like, Logan will say some, like, own line, like, that's why you're, like, fat and I'll beat you at the Rumble. And Kevin Owens is like, yeah, so anyway, look, um, I don't think you are uh, on the level of Rey Mysterio. Him and, um, <laughs> him and Eddie kind of have that gimmick on, on the, the obviously shows of, like, they they kind of re- you know resent the <laughs> the yes. framing of wrestling television. Yes, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kevin does a better job. I, mean, I love Eddie, but you know Kevin does a better job of like he'll still give you the segment. Eddie's <laughs> bit now is just like man, fuck this promo. Let's, let's get to he was, the match. He was Loki doing a bit too Crazy. much on collision where he, he was just like he, he's like face and he's just like, are we done here? Are we done here? Can we go? Can we go? He, he didn't even <laughs> cut a promo. He was like Eddie, relax, man. Damn. Oh my god! Let's uh, let's talk a little weekend recap from AEW, I guess. Uh, let's do it, Joe. Where do you want to start? Where do you? What did you know from AEW this weekend, brother? Well, I loved Collision, but I think it makes sense because Rampage was actually like somewhat of no. I think we we can start there and kind of work towards the uh, the colliders about day. So, Rampage was um, I think one of the more notable episodes they've done as of late, right? With most kind of significantly the the jeff hardy darby allen match which is honestly the best jeff hardy performance since he wrestled darby allen which i don't think is a coincidence that's what darby does like recently when we reviewed the takeshita match i I think i described him as like a a demon that they awake to kind of revive these wrestlers and i think that's what he did here Mm. but what made this a touch more interesting was that we got a glance at kind of heel Jeff Hardy here, right? He was leaning in that direction, not fully turned, but he was leaning that way. And um, look, let's be real. Darby made his job easy in that sense because his bumping makes anyone's offense work as a heel. But I did think it was like, at least they're trying something, right? I don't mm-hmm. need the online, you know, bullshit and the like wink, wink. Mm-hmm. But I do think the same said, but at least they're trying to do a heel kind of spin on the Hardys. Whether it'll be any good or not beyond the Darby Allen match, I have no clue. But this was a really good, yeah. genuinely a really good TV match. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, man. I, I respect that they're creatively ambitious. I, I, I actually do. I respect that they're not just yeah. like, we're going to cash a check and this mark will pay us, right? But uh, it's the, I know you probably agree with me lots. Like the idea of like Jeff, like expecting fans to boo him at this stage is like insane to me. Yeah. Um, but I will say the last time he tried to do this whole Creatures of the Night, like heel gimmick was TNA. And he never really got to see it through properly because uh, he just had a lot of personal uh, baggage and issues that kind of uh, interfered with with his, his career at the time. So uh, very well documented. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> had a great theme. That theme at the time was good. He, he it was like another man. This a good song. Yeah. Had an interesting career, right, Jeff? I, was, uh, I love the guy. I, I, I do really like Jeff. I do like Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and see, oh, honestly, I do hope, and the same for Matt, that they can at least close their careers in wrestling in, like, you know, in a respectable, you know, in the, you, the way that you want to see all your childhood favourites fucking close out the careers. You don't want them to be, like, yeah. fucking washed out there and da, 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 like, yeah. what both parties have looked like in, you know, within the past year or so, so... You know, matches like the right matchups against people like Darby Allen or some of the other young guys, or even just some of the like the smarter old guys. Like look what K, look what Christian Cage and Dustin did on a. Uh, 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 you know what I mean? So, uh, um, it's just the right matchmaking for Jeff and Matt Hardy. It wouldn't surprise me if they tried to do the Young Bucks match again. 
Um, the Young Bucks probably do feel like they can get something better out of the Hardys than what they did last time. Um, so we'll see. But the heel turn stuff, uh, I'll let it play out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to be excited about, but it was a this is in a vacuum was good nonetheless. Is the best way to put it, right? It's like yeah, it worked for this this match. Uh, Statlander versus Queen Aminata. Queen Aminata, another chance to impress, and she took it. Chris Statlander looking good as always. Good bit of business, Joe Hall, but Queen Aminata just beats the hell out of people. She does. <laughs> she thinks it's a shoot, brother. I mean that. I circle when they put that Rosa graphic up. I said, I ain't locking on this one. This is some brawl for all shit. You know, I mean, they were clobbering each other. It's tremendous. Um, Statlander match was no different here. Uh, she's, it's actually incredibly impressive how Aminata's like offense is translated to TV, you know, like totally at home. She hits harder than like most of the division. It's, it's wild. And it's something we talk about a lot about just kind of, if you, if you can tick that box, right? If your stuff can look good and look physical, you're halfway there, and I think she's proven that. Add in the presentation and how polished she feels as a TV act. It's like this role she's done great, and we need to get into like a push now and figure out a program for her and different things. Like she's there's a lot for her doing this division. So yeah, good match for sure. Yeah, she's she's had her opportunity to catch some eyes, and she's definitely done that. Like I don't really yeah. know what more she could have possibly done in the three, four TV matches she's had over the past few weeks. Oh. So uh, really good stuff, man. Ibu, did you catch it? I didn't catch this. I caught the, all the collision stuff. But what I was going to say is that I, I'm just, uh, I'm really glad she's kind of made her way into the rotation, you know. And yeah. uh, I, I think we all we can all agree, like the the women's rotation on TV was getting so thin, like by the end of last year, it, it was like, do we do they only employ like five people? And um, the scope expanding this year is part of why people are more optimistic about the division, even beyond the whole prospect of Mercedes coming, is that it feels like they're setting the stage right now. It feels like they're expanding the people that are being used. And so it gives things a different flavor. Thunder Rosa being back, which we'll talk about on Collision, just helps so much. I know we all agree. She fucking rocks, you know? Yeah, man. Absolutely. She's just a a star, you know? Yeah. yeah, I, I'm a Nada man. She's maximizing her minutes, and the, the thing about it, Joe, and, and you, you touched on it. I tweeted about this. The reason why she's getting these TV reps, she has good strikes. Yeah, that goes a long way. If your offense just looks punishing and it makes a great sound, it looks like it hurts. It goes a long way. Absolutely, you can be on TV for five minutes every week. You know, so that's kind of why it's tight, right? It's tight. Yeah. There's not, there's not dead space. It's not loose when she's on offense. When she's when a Chris Statlander has to sell for her, she ensures her offense is believable so it doesn't make Chris look worse for selling, right? That's Absolutely. huge. It's a big deal, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely impressive. Um, before we get to Collision, we've got another Queen I'm not much to talk about, but uh, yes. before we get to Collision, taking a super chat break, uh, so get some in while she got the chance, people. The big hero, Chris, $2. Appreciate you as always, bro. Vani almost got you put on an FBI watch list. I think he's already on one, bro. Uh, beast mode 1999 appreciate you very very much brother uh the only three real wrestling journalists on this channel a lot of you actually have takes that aren't extreme and are rooted in sense and logic love this triple threat keep up the great work very much appreciated um yeah yeah man we love the support and we ain't going nowhere brother every monday 6 p.m eastern usually a little bit late you know, our audience knows, you know, they know, they know that we're, uh, they put up with us, they have a little moan in the live chat, they know it's probably <laughs> a bit 
you know, it's uh, <laughs> Listen, L- L- Lauren Hill is rap, bro. But it's Lauren Hill, and she made one of the greatest albums of all time. So <laughs> can't run. <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate you, brother. Um, Plethora One C four ninety nine. Appreciate you as always. After all the complaints about his schedule, do you find it funny that Roman is only world champ booked for the Rumble? That's what I said. Um, he's back. Well, the thing is with Seth, we don't actually know what's going on with him at the moment because he's we're fucking, gonna, yeah, yeah, his, his knees hanging on by a thread, it seems. So, um, did you know, Monty? I had the same injury as Seth. Did you risk with CM Punk afterwards? I, you no, I, I, I played in a championship basketball game, and uh, <laughs> you should have led with this, bro. Should I? Yeah, I. Yes. I'll tell you what: adrenaline and and women in the crowd go a long way. I'll tell you that. Uh, I was a senior in high school. I, I tore my meniscus in my knee, and I lied on my doctor checkup because I wasn't missing a fucking championship game. We were in a basketball tournament. I'm not going to miss a fucking championship game over over a bad knee. So you know what I did, Joe? I iced my knee up. I just kind of gritted through it. I put a knee brace on. It hurt like hell. And on the floor, you could see me starting to hobble halfway through, and I just power down. Um, and then what was your game? Was you like a wing? What, what, what was your game? I'm intrigued by this. As a basketball player? Yeah. I yeah. was a, I was, I was the guard that like rebounded extremely well for his position and played really good defense and uh, was just a good playmaker. And so I, 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 Jack I, of all I, trades kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so fucking good at everything. <laughs> very much, uh, to be honest, very much a Tony Allen, Marcus Smart type. But, um, but uh, yeah, if, if if they needed a if they needed someone on the floor to push somebody else and like get a technical foul, All right, enough of you putting yourself <laughs> over and you fucking high school basketball team. Bro. That was my fault. <laughs> that was my fault. <laughs> you know for this. The thing is, though, no, I, I was a role player, and I wasn't the—I wasn't like the guy dropping forty. <laughs> Bro, get it, get it. You know, get to the point. I thought you were just gonna get to a point with your knee injury. You get me? You just oh, need to the, use the it point. as an excuse to talk. You talk. No, no. So, so the, point, the point of the knee injury is that uh, you should not do anything on a, on a torn meniscus. It it it, it hurts really bad. It hurts really bad. <laughs> Osh four ninety nine. Appreciate you. NXT solo was so much better, and no, he actually has a lot more moves in his arsenal. Is it a producer problem with him? Confused why he has no bag? Um, I disagree. I'm, I'm in the same boot, same boot, well, same I, boat. You boo on that one. I don't. Think. I agree uh, with with Harsh, and I think he's been overproduced to the point where he's like, he he's actively been his his development has been stalled to play a specific role, and I think he has. It's gonna be very hard for him to break out of that. His role. development was only to ever get to that specific. role. That's why it's complicated. Yeah, so it's like it's like I'm yeah, not saying he's even, worse. But he does less because they they produce him. Yeah, he definitely training, does. You know? You, you know, but it's like, oh, I didn't. He wasn't that even, good. even, yeah, even though his bag was like a little bit, you know, he had a bit of a bigger bag in NXT. weren't like particularly great. Was super <laughs> you know, like, me and you disagreed yeah. on Solo and NXT like yeah. from like yeah. over a year ago now. Yeah. So like, you saw something in him. I was like, ah. well, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't real there, in, in my opinion, Monty. I thought when he first got called up and put with the bloodline, like there was rapid development happening in those first few months. Like during that period where they were giving him a lot of reps with like Drew and Sheamus and KO, he had a lot of long singles matches with those guys. He was getting somewhere. And I think it peaked at like maybe early uh, 2023, about a year ago. Um, since then, it stalled and, and he's regressed since. But yeah. 
Do you get my point of like? Yeah. Yes. The bet. What makes him the best version of Sosko as just a wrestler in a vacuum is not necessarily what he needs to be to play the enforcer of the bloodline. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a hard thing to. So that is a hard thing to juggle when you're like a three-year pro. You know, it's mm. like you can tell he's produced an extreme. Like every move he makes, they make a point of it, right? Like, oh, he did this face, this face, and I think that's great for him in this role. I'm just not necessarily sure it's like great for him just as a talent. Luckily, this is a role that pays handsomely and has done him pretty well, and he's had some main event matches, right? So it's not he isn't complaining. I just think that's why he's more limited offensively. That's my take on it. Anyway, I think I honestly think personally that uh, Paul Levesque soured on him and Jimmy as singles wrestlers in uh, around um, that post SummerSlam period. If you guys remember, I let you guys know that uh, he was going to essentially see how the Bloodline does without Roman at that time, and depending on what he saw, he was going to maybe take the focus away from the Bloodline to kind of focus on some of the other guys, and that's what happened. And, and since they've been kind of reingratiated in the fold, it's in much more very specified roles that are, that are very different than they were in, like, September. Yeah. The Jimmy, I mean, I think both adjustments have been better for the show, to be clear. Yeah. Right? Like, what's best for a wrestler's development isn't necessarily best for the show. <laughs> Jimmy's well, playing yeah. a shtick here when he's he's good at it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think, um, I think the main thing for me with Solo is, like, I find it. I think that without that mystique of like the the bloodlines enforcer that was sent by the elders, you know, that introduction. And, um, I think without that, there's not really much there to be honest. Yeah, so it's see. like even in a world where he's not that, and he can kind of be a bit more expansive with his bag. I think the end product of it isn't really anything that like it's. Hard to see a version of Solo Sokoa that beyond the bloodline angle plays a major role. I think that's yeah. one thing we all agree on. Mm. Um, I think he has flashes, and there are times where I think his timing and stuff are like pretty impressive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the kind of thing it's that it's like, right? yeah, but it's very much a thing of like, <laughs> yeah, it's very much a thing of he can play that role when he's plugged into bigger stars pick, but he's never going to be the centerpiece of that. You know, like he's just, or at least not for a long time. Hey, uh, should he be? Th- yeah. I don't look at yeah. Solo Sokoa and think, oh, future mania main event, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I've never looked at well, Solo. Like, like that. The one thing that I think is important too is, I was, I was talking to someone about this today, maybe on the show, so I apologize for repeating myself, folks, but you know, like people always make the Umaga comparison, right? Mm-hmm. I employ everyone to look up when Umaga made his pro debut. Because I'm pretty sure it was in the mid '90s, <laughs> which means when you saw him as Umaga, he's like 11 years into his career. Yeah, that was his. You know, like, like that was his one. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. that was the character that he landed on that brought in the most success. Do you know what I mean? So, in Mont- yeah. Monty, Umaga was following an All Japan tour. Exactly, it's very, very different, and, and that doesn't make that like- doesn't change the perception of Solo. I'm just saying. Gives you some perspective on it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I saw a lot as a time. Joe, you've mentioned this before. I, think. I don't even know if it was on air or just us talking, but like the Umaga comp as well. Like, obviously, it hurts him because Umaga's an animal, but like he's way better. He than was him. so like yeah. explosive and like terrifying yeah. with his offense. And it's the bigger. closest person to that out there is probably Jacob Fatu, who the can't. Yes. Who, who, yeah. who he's like an evolution. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like. Solo just 
isn't that then like when you watch someone like when you watch someone like a Jacob Fatter, like I know not everyone does because he's in fucking MLW and shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. but, like us three know what Jacob Fatter you can do. Oh you yeah. Know, you know, when he jumps in there and he goes on like you know, he does like a sequence or he goes from a run or he just like fucking unloads a bunch of offense. It's yeah. like it's very Umaga-esque, you know, like the oh. explosivity of it, you know, like he's yeah. Samoan and drop everything like he's just He's an animal. Like, 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 when I watch Solo, I'm not like, oh my God, he's an animal. That's not how I watch Solo. The description we just made of Solo of like, he can be impressive as a supporting act. If Jacob Fatu was on that TV, you would not describe him as a supporting act for long because he would quickly just, he would charge through that ceiling. You know, like he would march through it. It's just, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, that doesn't help, certainly. (laughs) He'd probably be the guy that Jim that would have screwed over Jay and had the Mania program rather than Jimmy, because yeah. uh, they would have done that and then probably pivoted to to, to Jacob Roman pretty quick. They would have fallen in love. I mean, they 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 already they're aware of this game and they think it's great. They just can't. But yeah, man, that guy's a monster. He's a different animal. Yeah, yeah he's a uh... yeah he's a he's a, he's just an animal. <laughs> he's yeah. he's an money, animal. man. He really is absolutely. Uh, yeah, Will Chisholm, $5, I appreciate it. feels like Asuka and Kyrie is winning the titles next week. My theory is that they will put Naomi and Bianca in a team to face them at Mania. I, I think it's very play. possible. Joe, did, was it you who brought yeah. up? No, it was, um, it was someone in the chat for a show we were doing, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, right? Because I remember something like that match being like, I think that match should be mm-hmm. killer. Stadium, t- like a 12-minute version of that match. That could be that awesome, Yeah, loads of potential, bro. Loads. Yeah. Barry's two pounds, appreciate you. Ibu, Raj Giri called you and your ilk, bitches. Gotta sort that out, Ibu. Will Chisholm, five dollars. It feels like Triple H likes Melo. I think it's good they're slowly putting him on SmackDown. Yeah, so far, so good, I'd say. Even though, obviously, the theory match didn't end ideally, but in terms of how he's coming off, so far, so good. It suits him. Yeah, it suits his strengths, I think, what I've seen. Mm -hmm. It's Mm. cool. He dresses like he's a member of Jodeci. <laughs> Jacob Donnelly, $5. Appreciate you as always. Cody and Punk in the same ring tonight. That is all. Yeah! Agreed. Hodge, <laughs> 199. Gunter versus Pete Dunn. Bashing Berlin for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah! All right. And your rogue hundred rupees. Wasn't thrilled with Dragon feuding with Eddie again. In his last full time year, I want him in new matchups. What's Moxley's match at Revolution? Daniel Garcia versus Buddy Rule. Okay, we're gonna get to that last bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, Dragon versus Eddie. You'll have a hard time convincing me. You know, obviously we spoke about it earlier about like kind of how how the getting to this rematch is isn't exactly uh, the most creative ideal mm. way in the world but in terms of it like as a um, conceptually you know doing Eddie versus Brian again we talked yeah. to talk me out of it you know <laughs> alright Moxley's promo you had that interesting line right about teammates mm-hmm. maybe it's not maybe it's not so much Eddie versus Dragon as it is Eddie and Mox versus Claudio and Dragon Eddie and Mox versus Claudio and Dragon that's interesting that is interesting oh, you wrestle purists very uh look at that that's uh i know you guys are an anime guys joe holder with the sharingan right there all right he just i i think you're right now it's like it's feel like, i feel like it feels like you're like 
unlock light bulb. <laughs> yeah, unlock like a picture or something. It was like holy Ooh. shit. You know Nox, what? You know he hugged King after the match. He seemed like a baby face to me this week. Like yeah, it's either that or the BCC are still just <laughs> totally inconsistent and and half of them are baby faces. <laughs> Probably that one, but still. <laughs> it's either that or big brain. Mox is just going to stand for his guy, and he thinks that Danielson's on some bullshit a little bit, and he's going to be like, nah, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. I like your idea. That's a revolution match. Huntrell199, appreciate you as always. Gabe will not finish any story at Mania anymore. Why, what are you basing this on? Why, why is that something that... Gable was nursing an injury and missed the majority of December and, and, and January, and he is now back tonight. I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't finish his story. Well, Chisholm, $5, appreciate you, as always. I do think it's funny how they keep rubbing it in that Becky's winning the Rumble, but at the same time, they're downplaying win it, Bailey winning it also. So I, think, I think it's interesting how there's like multiple candidates that could conceivably win the both Rumbles this year. Uh, it's definitely a contrast to last year. Me and Jeremy were talking about this. I think it's going to do a feature basically using that as a subject this week, so keep an eye out for that. Well, it's a good contrast. You know, it's, n- it's never good when the Rumble winners like, is so blatantly predictable. You mm-hmm. know, um, even if it, even if, like, there is a favourite for the men's being CM Punk, you know, but Cody Rhodes is a conceivable winner. Gunther's a conceivable winner. winner. Uh, you know, the pipe dream with The Rock coming back and just winning it, you know. Uh, that's definitely his own conversation going into it as well. Some people, some people are giving Drew McIntyre a chance, you know. Um, so, you know, then obviously on the women's side, Becky and Bailey, the main two. But I'm sure like you can't, you can never write out Bianca. It's Bianca, you know. It's um, we, we've got some names that you can throw around. So, yeah, man, definitely better than last year, I think. Um, Hamza Mohammed, one ninety nine, appreciate. What are some NBA slash wrestling comps like? Who is wrestling's Jimmy Butler? Everything. <laughs> you, you need a bright light guy, right? You need someone that, that performs best on the bright lights. So, Carlos. I was not going with Cole Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, because Randy was like, he was straight into success. You need a guy who really scrapped, you know, kind of scratched and clawed their way to that point. Because Jimmy initially was not someone that was so good to be an all star <laughs> by any means. I like Kevin Owens is an interesting one. Um, I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Ibi, what do you reckon? Because because what year was it when Jimmy became a star in his career? Like 2016-ish, 17. Yeah. I, I like the grit of a Kevin Owens, you know. I think what, are some, what are some more obvious comps that you that I'm sure Ibu's got at least one that you can think of? Do I? Uh yeah, you're normally quite creative with these things. I, I usually am. Who's the LeBron of wrestling? <laughs> Is it, is it Danielson? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we tried. The question is, who LeBron is, you have to then figure out who their Skip Bayless is. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Diana, to your $2. Appreciate you. Fuck the government and fuck Boris. Damn, Boris in response. Get off my, get off my dick. You're dead. I'm not. Ha, ha, ha. All right. Corey David, $2, appreciate you. Do you think Finn Leaves heard his contract is up? Did you? I'd be very surprised. <laughs> very surprised. Send me the details, bro. <laughs> uh, Dan199, appreciate you. Where's Dragon Lee? Back on TV now. Um, 
He was on NXT last week, wasn't he? Oh no, man. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, he was on because he confronted he confronted Obafemi. Yeah. Um. So I assume he's gonna get a rematch for the North American title at some point. Uh, trust the process. Forty four four ninety nine. Appreciate it. Dave keeps saying Brock is back any week. Think he comes back at the Rumble and who should he face at Mania? Uh, me and Joe were talking about this before we went yeah. live. Um, I think Brock shows up in the next seven days. Was the conclusion we landed on? Meaning, as in, like either he'll it could be next week on Raw. You know? Yeah, that was obviously like he, he, end, he yeah. could. Yeah, he, obviously he could show up at the Rumble. He could show up at SmackDown. He could show up tonight. But I think he will show up between now and the end of next week's Monday Night Raw. So yeah. in the next seven days, I think we see Brock. Mania, uh, we couldn't figure it out, right? We were talking before the show. We were friends. It just, I, I don't know. Um, tough. I was started throwing out uh, Dwayne, Steve, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> when you do that, you know you haven't got a good answer, right? When it's like, it's Austin, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I did pitch Austin. I did pitch Austin. Um, yeah, so, so we not, not this year. I'm what, what, what year was it that they pitched Brock? It was last year, yeah. Um do, do we think so? Priest is probably going to work with Finn, right? Is that the is that the belief? I think so that's just, the guess. That's the line. Yeah, because if not, you could you know you could do some something with Brock and the Judgment Day, which would be hilarious TV. Because imagine the way he would absolutely murder Dom and JD in the build to that match. Um, so yeah, hmm. I don't know. Trusted process forty four. Uh, just read that one out. Yeah, we'll see where Brock. We'll see where Brock shows up, man. Um, People are calling for Obafemi versus Brock Lesnar. Well, I've been saying. Many are saying. Yeah, many I have been saying. saying this, bro. I have been saying this, bro. Um, I spoke about Collision. spoke about Rampage. spoke about SmackDown. We've done some super chats. We can kind of just... Uh, we know, we have not spoken about Collision, Monty. <laughs> Remember? No, we, did, we did actually quite loose. We spoke a little bit about Aminata and... You're right. Like, <laughs> right let's, uh, let's get more into it. Yes, let's see. Uh, it was a long super chat break. I think it, can be it really was. You're right. You're right. Uh, you're but right. keep them coming, now, people. We got about thirty minutes left, so you know, um, get them in. All right, AEW Collision, John Moxley versus Shane Taylor. I like this man. Um, mm. You mentioned about, I think it was, I don't know, like last week or something, when Hangman versus JD Drake was on, and you talked about like it's it's important when you're kind of like a lesser known guy fighting. Fighting, wrestling, you know what? One of the top stars, like what was happening here with Tyler and Moxie, but like when you have your gaps in the match to like, get some offense off, it has to, you know, it needs to look sharp. It needs to look, you know, you need to you need to have good offense. And I think Shane Taylor has good strikes. You know, he mm-hmm. fills his gaps very well for someone underneath. You know, and uh, I thought that uh, I thought that a nice little look in the real man. Yeah, oh, I, I do I too. Like I feel like we should check. Is Ibo okay? Because the chat's concerned. Ibo, are you okay? Yeah. What happened? The chat you hadn't spoken so long. The chat thought you'd fallen asleep live on the air. With that, um, with that settled, I'll return to the Shane Taylor John Moxley uh, match, which was, <laughs> which was good. Um, Shane is a guy who knows his game and is very much direct as a wrestler, right? Like fits the bill as a brawler. 
and does that rather well. And I think that actually brought out like a, a good version of Moxley. I think it was more interesting than we often get from Moxley in the kind of star versus, you know, underneath guy match. So, you know, I like this, not like a great match or anything like that, but I was good, good physicality set the time for the show where guys worked really hard on Saturday. So I liked it. Yeah, man. It's, it's a good bit of, it's a good bit of grab stuff for the show. Uh, but yeah, you be what you what you making of Max at the moment? I know you kind of uh, you know you 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 kind of go up and down on him, and, and it's never really him as a talent. It's more yeah. so kind of like what he's doing, you know. So what are you making of Max at the moment? Yeah, I just uh, he came off like refreshed, like like from his yeah. he came off refreshed. He had the white fist tape, you know, so that's always gonna pop me. He worked Shane Taylor, and I know in his mind he he thought he was Abdullah the Butcher just for his his Mark brain. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fight this big monster and just take care of this guy. We're gonna punch each other." And uh, but yeah, he was in good shape. He looked ref- he just looked refreshed. And um, what I would say to you, Monty, is he firmly set himself as a babyface after the promo, which I appreciated because I just want Moxie to be something, right? And uh, mm-hmm. what also I liked about it was that. AEW needs to do more live babyface promos. Um, so too many of the shows late last year, and this is why they were getting they were cooling off, is they're just subjected to these heel promos, and the good guys never got to connect with live audiences. And having a live babyface just talk his shit and get you to kind of want to run through a wall, it's so important. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad they did that with John, and it, this is very direct, it was very succinct, and uh, it was just it was just effective. So um, I'm liking John's start to this year, and hopefully it leads to just interesting content. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Hopefully, it does lead to some. Uh, just to keep it interesting, you know. Um, I Adam Copeland versus Dante Martin, the latest Cope Open match. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, as expected. To be honest, Dante Martin making the most of his uh, you know, just just under twelve minutes with Adam Copeland. Copeland continues his streak of having a few Norse matches. And uh, yeah, man, good stuff. Good stuff, Joe Hall, but. Indeed, and an interesting match too, right? The way they wrestled this in terms of like, you know, for this to be good, obviously Copeland had to kind of be the in-ring heel, and he actually leaned further in that direction than I kind of had expected, and he had that kind of work over the ear, and they they had this this deal where Dante's balance was messed with, and to his credit, yeah. I thought Dante had some really cool ideas in terms of like portraying that, right? Like how often would a guy just just make their comeback anyway? He made it clear that was an issue. I thought it was neat. They built to the big spear spot at the end. So, yeah, I, I thought it was good. Um, again, more than like, I wasn't surprised it was good because I think we're all pretty high on like in ring babyface Adam Copeland. I think that's that's been consistent. But an interesting match, which I appreciate too, had a clear idea of where I wanted to be. So, yeah, I liked it. And it seems like the next person stepping up for the Cope Open, Minora Suzuki. Which was announced on AW Collision as well over the weekend. So, <laughs> yo, Suzuki, Edge. Even I feel like this might have won you over. Oh, uh, what Suzuki Edge or or, or Edge versus uh, Dante? Oh. Well, Dante oh. and Edge was was it was cool in the sense that at least he's facing a more familiar face on, on the TV, yeah. and so it's cool from that standpoint. I actually didn't think the match was anything crazy, but I just I just think it's cool that Edge is doing matches that he clearly just wants to do. Like clearly he just pick, he's picking out guys back there, and he's like, yeah, I like this guy, I like that guy, and he's having his fun. And I think 
You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to kill multiple birds with one stone. He's building the broader story with, with Christian, but that doesn't mean he has to be in this Christian universe where he's only in a vacuum talking about him and doing things related to him. You can you can kind of build momentum and get more in-ring reps and work some of these guys on the roster, and it works uh, It works on, on multiple levels. He does that. He gets the wins. He works with these guys, and he's simultaneously stacking wins because you have to win multiple matches to get a title shot. So I loved all that business. But even beyond that, I just love this promo. A, two in a row, a second live babyface promo. And this one rocked because it was that, listen, you want to make fans feel like it's a personal thing. And he made them feel very involved because he did the whole, like, I'm bringing the, the TNT title back to TNT. And I'm doing it for you guys. It's for us. It's so that we have a belt that we can defend every week. And, da, 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 da. It's a, and so he made his pursuit of the TNT title a communal thing that everybody can invest in and support because their support will carry edge to victory and lead to a cool thing. That's what babyface wrestling is all about. And that's what babyface promos are all about. And so on so many levels, psychologically, it, 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 it's lovely, even if it's a kind of cheesy. Uh, so, so I appreciated this whole piece of business. Yeah. Solid stuff. Solid stuff. Joe Holbus. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, yes. the reaction was, I think told you, you know, they were into the idea of getting their TNT title back. Like that's that's real graps, man. <laughs> I uh, we loosely spoke to, we loosely spoke about Queen Aminata again, looking impressive against Thunder Rosa, getting her first singles match uh, yeah. since I retired from injury, and she looked really good as well, man. I had a really, I, thought, I really loved this match to be honest. Uh, for what yeah. they had, went about nine minutes, and uh. It's what you hoped it would be, man. It's what you hoped it would be. Hopefully, Thunder Rosa can build some momentum. And as we already spoke about Queen Aminata, she's making the most of her opportunities at the moment. Hopefully, that actually leads to something for us. So, good stuff all around on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I think for, you know, we're all fans of Thunder Rosa. There was something kind of, sounds dramatic, but there was something like kind of validating about, like, she's a player in this division, man. Like, we would talk about it when she was away, and it kind of felt like we were going crazy, you know, like, <laughs> because oh, she was so oh. out of sight of mind, but she's a player in the division. Like it's cool to have her back. Yeah, I'll die on the from the Rosa Hill, bro. Like when like not, not I once had a consensus, but like, when there was like a lot of people online like going with like like there was like there slowly became like this perception that she was like really toxic in the locker room and stuff, and it was like very clearly coming from a certain part of the locker room, like whether that was even like public like public comments and stuff like that. Um and not people were like, oh, she's not that good. And it was clear that she was wrestling her, you know, and stuff like that. And people were like, you know, people were talking crazy about Thunder Rosa, bro. And I've always been a hill that I'd be willing to die on. Like, no, she's good. She's this, she's that. And, um, yeah, her having performances like she did on Saturday against someone who is also a good wrestler, like Aminari, just, it doesn't surprise me, man. She's, like you said, bro, yeah. she's a real player. And, of course, she is, bro. She was champion yeah. before she left. You know, just because yeah. she hasn't been booked like that since she's came back doesn't mean that she isn't, you know, like a talent of that stature because she is, bro. Like she's, you know, she she's she's the better half of the best women's feud they've done in that in that uh, in that company. So you know, Ibu uses the, the description of star, right? And Ibu, you can speak to this, you can elaborate on it, but like connects with the people. Great baby face too, right? Like has yes. great energy, great fire. Yes. Ibu, what did you make of uh, of Rosa and Aminata, mate? I second everybody's opinion. I, my, my thing about Thunder Rosa is just that she just carries herself like she's a big deal, and and that's that's a big part of it. She comes out and she just walks and talks like somebody who is a main event wrestler in that division, and it goes such a long way, bro. The presentation, the energy, the aura—it's it's infectious, and it's 
it's easy to get into. And just beyond that, like, like, like I like, not that Rosa is not a good wrestler, but I, I, a lot of why I like Rosa, like has very little to do with the wrestling. I just think, I just think she just feels like a player. And so, um, yeah. And look, I'll tell you what, Queen Aminata is doing a good, good, good job on that in her part as well. So, uh, it, this, this is just a good piece of business. And I was happy that they put this match together for collision. I was excited when this one was announced. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? We got Roddy versus Matt Sordell. Nice bit of business, as expected. Joe Hall, but promotions. Mm-hmm. Talk to yeah. it. Two high level pros. You know, <laughs> they worked the mat for the first few minutes, which was hilarious. It was on like the hour and a half mark. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of wrestling that I love and concede is like no impact on hardly anyone else in the world. Um, Roddy's finish always looks sick. I mean, there is a. There's like a flaw when you throw a graphic up like this for me personally. That's like I'm gonna have fun with this, you know. Mm-hmm. And it very much <laughs> they just went out there and wrestled for eight minutes, and they both are super. Like it's amazing how to me how both their games have aged. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it for what it was eight minutes of TV action. Yeah, man, I, I ain't got nothing to add. Ibo, uh, hey, you want to add anything to Roddy Matt Sordell? We keep it moving. Try and match that out. It's just gonna be well worked wrestling until the bell rings. Until the bell uh, yep. rings. Oh. Yeah, the second bell. Yeah, the other bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Garcia versus Buddy Matthews. Very good match. Uh, Garcia just just one of the better young talents in the business, to be honest, especially out of the people that actually get to be on weekly TV and stuff. Uh, obviously, I know Garcia was kind of missing in that sense uh, for a lot of 2023, but, you know, it seems like he's getting this rejuvenated push, focus, whatever you want to call it, you know, going into the start of this year. So he's obviously going to be able to live up to it as a talent because he's a really good wrestler, man. He just he just is. And Buddy Matthews, I don't think he quite ever gets the credit he deserves. I think maybe because it's how he's positioned. I don't really think he should be like a world champion or anything. Right. I don't really think he's like positioned like super badly, but it's just kind of the way it falls for him. But his performances are always good. Me and Joe love to use the word sharp when talking about Buddy Matthews because <laughs> he's a sharp he's a sharp worker, bro. Like that's like, he's yeah. like he's like, you know, he's the definition of a sharp worker. Like he's just his shit has snapped to it, he's he's quick, like he's just he's sharp. hmm Yeah. This was uh I kinda loved this. And like mm. not in the sense that it was like a great bit. I just thought for what this did with its time, I thought this was really tremendous. Um, the first act was built around the shoulder tackle, which is incredible. I mean, that's so awesome. Like, you know, Garcia kept getting bumped on the shoulder tackle and, uh, FTR, like, you know, rallied him, got him going and he came back and built momentum and put Buddy through the ropes of a shoulder tackle of his own. Then Buddy always likes doing the knee injury deal. And he always does it like it's like a misstep and an actual injury. And he always fools someone with it. My timeline is always like, oh shit, Buddy's hurt. And Here, though, it was better placed than it's ever been before because it gave like an indirect route for Garcia to do what he does best, which is work a limb, right? But you'll notice Garcia doesn't go straight for that target. It's after he's been clobbered by a knee, a jackhammer, and everything else. It was like, as a fan, you're going, the babyface is allowed to do this because he needs to survive against this monster. So Smart Match had like some key ideas, even at like a pretty limited run, some of like 10, 11 minutes. Um but yeah, I think Buddy's like 
Again, he's not a top guy by any means, but I think his performances as of late have been like really impressive. They've been sharp, even as we as we both <laughs> we both mentioned. Yeah, sure. so really, really like this a lot. Yeah, he, blew, uh, he spots Daniel Garcia in your Twitter space last night. Uh, talk about this match at all? But even if you didn't, what did you think of it? Again, it's sharp. It's just sharp work from two really good wrestlers. You know. Uh, nice, nice little table setter for the, what's going to be the blow off next week, and I'm really excited for that one. That, that that cage match. I'm excited because it's an elimination match, and so with elimination matches, you always have the opportunity to essentially you always, you have the opportunity to kind of make a point or do some effective booking there, and uh, it, it feels like you have the big chance to let Garcia be a sole survivor in this thing and kind of get get the big win for his team, and so uh, that's how you can make this productive, and so I hope that's the route they go. And uh, main event, Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson and Claudio versus Eddie and Ortiz. And I guess what they did here was beat the shit out of Ortiz for being Eddie Kingston's friend, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite the story that's told of this. And I think that was more the point we were trying to make rather than going for, you know, the four-star main event. Um, I don't know how you two feel about that because we didn't really talk yeah. about this match, did we? But, uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, we are, I think, in a different place on this to Ibu of Wrestle Purists. Um, he, this was your favorite film on the show, Ibu, right? I don't want to put words in my but I think that's what you said, right? Yeah, I thought Smash was awesome. Yeah, so I'll you can uh, close with that because that, that pops me, and I'm, I'm glad you loved it. I thought this was good. Um, it had, and this is hilarious coming from me of all people, so I, I understand the hypocrisy of what I'm about to say. It had like a slightly unsettling house show atmosphere to it in the, in its intensity, which I found to be a little bit out of place considering the wrestlers involved in the match. Um, again, that's coming from me, but uh, I it was good. I didn't think it quite came together the way I thought it, it would. Like I, I thought almost every match on this show, I thought kind of over delivered and I actually thought this one fell a little short of expectation. Still good. Brian Danielson in a tag match with Claudio Castagnoli against Eddie Kings. Like it was a good wrestling match, but I didn't, it didn't quite catch fire for me. This, Ibu, you said it was your favorite. Uh, tell us about it, mate. Well, again, to not be redundant, sharp work, <laughs> good wrestling, <laughs> but with like some 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 solid tag psychology, and it just kind of built pretty well. And uh, and ultimately, uh, Eddie Eddie, uh, you know, the bad guys got one over on Eddie Kingston, and, and the story continues. And uh, just from that standpoint, I just thought it was fun. Um, mm-hmm. I got a, I had a kick out of Ortiz, who just works hard. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> he works hard. Claudio's as good, as good as he always is. It was just nice to see Danielson again. So I don't know. I just it, it wasn't even for any like deeper, like just kind of broader reason or like it, or it, it just I it just happened to be the match that I thought was the best match in the show. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just thought it was a great tag. Like I, I watched this and I was like, this is a very, very, very strong match. Mm-hmm. So, nothing. Yeah, carry on. Sorry. No, that's, that's all I had to say about it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think Collision was like a lot of people really enjoy Collision this week. A lot of people, and I think a lot of people, obviously the wrestling not with AEW usually comes first when a, when an episode goes over well with the fans online, you know. But um, this Collision was quite unique in the fact that I think that like I think honestly you could pick any match on the out of like the four yeah. or five on the show and be like. 
you know, there's. I don't think there's a clear best match on this show. I think there's like four, five, maybe all yeah. of them. You know, uh, all it of them. Was, uh... It was a very high floor for the matches on Collision. So yeah, they all lived in a pretty similar range. Like I had Buddy and Garcia pretty clear personally, but when I did my ordering. People were replying, mm. and it's like, the, bro, everyone's order was yeah, like, exactly. yeah, yeah, galaxies yeah, yeah. apart, you know? So, yeah, right. It was, um, nothing was probably as, as like, kind of, well, you know, kind of uh, eye-catching as the main event of Dynamite. But the floor, as you mentioned, very consistent show, and uh, not one that's probably going to draw much attention from the, you know, the sort of distant onlook of it. As a wrestling fan, I had a blast with it, for sure. Good time, man. Good yeah. time. Um... Alright. Okay, now we spoke about collision, we spoke about rampage, we spoke about SmackDown. We've got about ten minutes left, so last chance, last call for the super chats. We'll get to them in the last couple of minutes. Um we we kinda of touched on Seth, but you know, uh Ibu Ibu had the same injury himself. MCL tear, meniscus tear. Um it does seem like it there is a good possibility that he will be able to make mania. Uh Saying that he will obviously be working a little bit hurt, to say the least. <laughs> but it seems like he's going to power through it and make mania. I don't know if he's going to drop the title tonight or if he's going to stay on TV and stay around with it and still build the story with Punk and stuff like that. I don't know how they're going to play it. Obviously, we're going to find out very, very shortly, not probably the next 20 minutes. So, because uh, uh, Seth Rollins is opening the show tonight on Raw. So. Yeah, man, he's, uh, it seems like he's going to be working through it, and it's not exactly a, uh, it's not exactly a sprained wrist, is it? <laughs> it's not it's exactly not, a sprained wrist. But oh. I think we all kind of, I think we all pretty quickly reach this this guess point of like, he's probably going to do whatever it takes to make Mania, right? Like, it's such a big part moment in his career. I don't know. I, I'm not really, I don't really have a motivation to police that. It's more like a thing of, I think everyone can agree. It's like, you know yeah, you it's, just got to hope he knows the risk of it. Isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I'd be telling him anything he didn't know already. And exactly. while yeah. I can never like be like, yeah, mate, you're making the right call. If you're ever going to do it, WrestleMania main event, like I get it, right? It's not like he's doing it for a, for a SmackDown take. Yeah, so obviously, it's it. an emotional decision that he'd be making to do that. Like, obviously, like, we know that, but it's not like he's, like Joe said, it's not like we'd be saying any, pointing out anything to him that you don't already know. He's well informed. He's he's been around long enough to know the risks and that he's got enough people around him that will warn him about the possibility of doing it. So uh, he knows the risks involved in it. And you know, if if there's one thing you're gonna put yourself through that for a main event at Mania, you know, it's it's hard to tell someone not to do that. So yeah, um, yeah, man. Seth, Seth, Seth's a grinder. Um, it's not like Seth hasn't done it before either, so it's not, you know what I exactly. mean? So, yeah. <laughs> Seth's a sequel when it comes to shooting. This isn't so. a guy with his whole career ahead of him, right? It's it's a guy who is about to achieve the thing he's wanted to do his whole career. Like, it's exactly. different. It's, yeah. 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 Um, all right, then, uh, what else we got? Big, the big news from the weekend was Card. Obviously, me and Joe, and Ibu, basically, for most of it, we spoke extensively about Card. He's got a choice to make. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's still, it seems like he's still undecided. Dave Meltzer said that he's still undecided. It's not a thing where it's like, it's a secret and he's already chose and it's like, like he's apparently still legitimately undecided. So AEW and WWE still got cards that they can play, it seems. 
Um, I forgot who posted. I don't know if it was Shabab or Tanner, but one of them posted. Like the, the three, <laughs> the, all three of them were out. Okada, Tanner, Shabab. They were out for lunch or something. It was a wholesome picture to see. Um, yeah. Tanner looked like he'd come just straight from the office. He, had his, he was all dressed up, you know, <laughs> with the lads. Two hashtags for uh, New Japan, I believe, in AEW. Yeah, yeah, hashtag New Japan, hashtag AEW. I, I don't think there was much meaning beyond that, but. Um, yeah, man, Okada, he's got a choice to make. Obviously, we both, all three of us kind of lean to us thinking probably he'll probably end up in AEW. Uh, but you know, just there is that little chance that maybe, you know, maybe it's on his bucket list, you know, wrestle at WrestleMania yeah. and become a big US, you know, merch selling <laughs> commercial star in America, you know. Um, so I haven't completely wrote. WWE out. I think that would be dangerous to do in this wrestling climate, you know. But yeah, you the know, X factor that we kind of that we kind of stumbled into last Friday was, you know, what if WWE are willing to offer a an unusual contract for them, right? What if they're willing to be flexible in the same way that AEW often is? Um, that's the X factor to me. Beyond the thing we discussed a lot, as you just mentioned, which is. If that's where he wants to go ultimately, then then they'll make that happen, right? So it's yeah. gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting for sure. I mean it's uh it, it seems like there's still there's still some some room for negotiation, which means that price is gonna keep going up. So <laughs> good for him. A lot of people are getting paid this year, blah blah. All these big yeah. names that are going these are just the ones that we know like obviously probably won't aggregate it, take it with a pinch of salt until more details come out. But Raj Giri did tweet earlier that while we was on air, that Finn Balor's contract's up after Mania. Uh, that's where it came from in the chat. Um, you know, there's Sheamus, there's Drew, there's Seth, there's Becky, there's, you know, there's AEW talents, there's Andrade's already left AEW. Um, don't know where Mercedes is going to land or Carter, obviously, we've been talking about. New Japan seems like uh, there's a few people, like, all the War Dogs contracts are basically up, at least like, two or three of them contracts are up at the moment obviously i know the expectation is that they'll get that sorted and be staying in new japan for a little bit longer but you know a lot of like free agency movement like if wwe decides right now like yo we want gabe kid they can probably just approach him and maybe convince him i don't think it would take too much to convince him financially wise so i think it's very interesting in that sense what's going on with uh with New Japan in terms of outgoings at the moment. It's not exactly the most fortunate thing, but it's interesting, you know? It's intriguing. Yeah. Um, For sure. There's going to be a lot of movement. I would agree. I would agree. Trinity, obviously, you know, uh, we've got Royal Rumble this week. I've got a list of... Uh, me and Joe made a quick list of names that are worth throwing around. Trinity, probably going to show up. Jade Cargill. I don't think she is. Right. I don't think we get Jay Cargill anymore. I know a lot of WWE fans are like just assuming it. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, of course. Do you know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't lock her in in the same category as like Trinity. You know, like I think Trinity's like a lock. I'd agree. Yeah, that's a lock. Ibi, what do you think? Do you think Jade's? You think we get Jade at the Rumble, bro? Or what? I think it's very possible. I think it's very possible. Uh... Mm. Yeah, it's possible, but I just. Who was the who were the other names we, we kicked around earlier? We wrote Trinity, Jade, Mercedes. Well, obviously, we'll right. just mention yeah. her for the sake of mentioning her because you know she's a free agent. She has been linked to WWE. Uh, Liv Morgan, 
think that's quite a likely one. Yeah. Uh, for the men's, we've got Sheamus, Ray, NXT calls up Brock Lesnar, and uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the youth the youth movement of Sheamus, Ray, and Brock Lesnar is, is looming. <laughs> and uh, my my, my cliche suggestions for any of these questions: Dwayne and Austin. Yeah, of course. Dwayne and Steve. Of course. People are asking if he was okay because he's been quite quiet the last five minutes. Quiet, I think he's just yeah. like on his phone or doing something. I don't think it's that. I'm, I'm, well, I'm here. I'm alive. What's up? Are you sure? I think he's had a long. He had a long night. You know. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, "What are you so mad?" He's crashed. He's crashed on the air. <laughs> <laughs> he had a long night, man. He's, been, he's we put, picked he's up slack though. We... We started hitting yeah, the ropes man. hard. Maybe people just hate the sound of these British voices, probably. You know, yeah. They need that yeah. Jersey accent. They want, they want but me yo, that, I guess. Two, we've got two minutes left, so we'll just quickly round up these last four Super Chats. Triple H, 199. Our book really <laughs> Brock versus Jinder, hashtag finish the story. Vani, again, 499. Appreciate you. How can I get in contact with Mariah May? Want to see if she's trying to conduct business. That's a crazy super chat, brother. It's Glassdoor Gamer, $5 Canadian. Free Ricochet. Eating ginger pins at house shows is an all-time low for his career. Ginger's very... <laughs> I'd like to uh, see... All-time low of his career. I mean, it's up there. <laughs> I mean, Vince Vince had that yeah. door doing that. Anyway. He had some lows, yeah. on $5. Triple H already pitched the John Cena match with Okada. Cena calling out the Rainmaker spot would be nasty. That'd be the funniest match of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling drop kick as he hits the ropes. <laughs> uh, I've probably got a few seconds left. Cody Rhodes on the cover of 2K24. Oh. We're not really gamers here, but pop, you know. That makes sense, right? The, 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 market, was, the, market, yeah. the marketing of the game was very interesting. I don't know if you guys it finished the story. It was all about <laughs> finishing the story. Cody's literally... In the position he was in after Roman beat him, he's like sitting down in the ring and he was just kind of like, I gotta do it or whatever. And uh, it was very much, and, and like the marketing is like, finish your story, WWE 2K24. So, uh, I, it, it's worth noting, I think, the fact that like it, it's all about that, you know. Um, yeah, do you think, do you think Big Rome clears it with 2K when he's gonna do a job or not, bro? They're just hoping. Um. <laughs> The whole game is built around like Cody has to get done. This I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I guess we'll see, brother. <laughs> I think you'll um, be fine. I think so. And Jean, two dollars appreciated. Got it. You be gonna end the show by singing F O W by signing F for F O W on the air. No, that's no, a no. He, He'd never leave his OG family. You know. <laughs> he's got. He's, cool he's got. He's got six to do, bro. It's pretty cool though. I was glad to see it. It was very cool. Yeah, I've said it for the longest. I don't know what. But I know he ain't got a camera and shit. Like he's supposed to have a camera on this podcast, but you know he'll be fine recording. The... Like I know he ain't got a camera and shit, but he has always surprised me. Like the the lack of guest appearances he has done in yeah. this space. Cause he's very busy. Anyway, I'm wrapping up. Rory's starting. Seth is apparently kicking off the show to discuss his future. So obviously, going to be a lot of interested uh, people watching that, including myself. We'll see how all this plays out with Seth, man. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with a Raw review. They're going to do, uh, Robin and Bill are going to do some Raw Rumble predictions as well. So 
you know, maybe we'll have a better idea who he thinks is going to win by the end of uh, Raw tonight. And, uh, yeah, man, same as always, like, subscribe. Appreciate all the Super Chats. Appreciate you guys for watching. And, again, we'll be back tomorrow. The WWE Raw Review hosted by Ibu and Rob. So, uh, yeah, man, make sure you tap into that. Keep an eye on the page. And, uh, peace.